I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ahí está Miranda, se coloca en la frontal del área. No mardas, Billy, bajo los palos. Corre Miranda, chuta con la izquierda Miranda. Gol, 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 gol. Y gol. El Betis, campeón de la Copa del Rey. Y gol, 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 gol. El Betis, campeón. Gol, 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 gol. Hello everyone and welcome to La Liga Lowdown. It's our special Copa Review podcast as it's been a victorious night for Real Betis winning the Copa after 17 years. They beat Valencia 5-4 on penalties after two hours of gruelling, sapping football. It's a, a joyous night for all the Beticos, a tough one for Valencia and we'll, we'll reflect on the winners and losers of the final. I'm your host Matt Clark. I'm joined by Sam Leverage. And we'll also hear from David Whitworth and Paco Pollitt on what was a, a very emotional night for everyone involved. Sam, what were your takeaways from the final briefly? Well, it was a fantastic game. It was a proper cup final, a proper late Saturday night, finishing about 1am experience. I mean, I think the, the Betis and Valencia fans at the stadium must have been absolutely exhausted after they've been partying all day to, to then see it go down to that. I was exhausted just watching it on TV, so... I think it was just a proper a proper Copa day experience. I mean, I think everybody who was watching it lived it so intensely and seeing what it meant to so many of the players. I mean, at the end, we saw both of the captains, Joaquin and Jose Luis Gaia, both in tears for very different reasons. And, and it was a draining experience. I mean, I feel like the Betis fans will have had the best night of their life and the Valencia fans might not have a night quite so difficult for, for quite some time. Yes, the, the emotions are always so contrasting, especially when it comes down to the lottery of penalties. Well, let's start with the victors then. We're now joined by David Whitworth, the, uh, the Betis fan who is triumphant and over the moon today after the victory for Betis. David, great to have you on the podcast. First of all, how are you? Have you slept? Um, what does it feel like? Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Um, yeah, a mixture of emotions, feeling. Uh, didn't sleep so much. But uh, a great celebration last night and just just processing the moment little by little from the final whistle to like, wow, we won. 
we did it. We lifted the cup. We're in Europe next season. Joaquin did it. Just all these little steps, little by little, just processing things. And then going to Plathana Weber, which we've sang a song for years about, just on the way there thinking, this is happening. We're actually going to go to Plathana Weber to celebrate this moment. And just, yeah, thousands of fans there in the centre, just coming together and unbridled joy and just a huge moment in our in our history for sure. Yeah, it's only the third Copper title in Betis' history. 17 years after the last one, it was the number 17, Joaquin, who lifted the trophy. How how did you experience the final, David? Yeah, I mean, I woke up and felt quite uh, calm and relaxed. And then suddenly, as the day got more and more closer to, to the night in the final, just the nerves started to kick in. And I mean, I must admit, I was always confident we would do it. Um, but um, you just never know. In the final, anything can happen. And I know we we won the corresponding fixture in the league four one. It was never going to be that much. You never see a final, uh, hardly ever see a final, which is such a big difference. So I, I always thought it was going to be tense and, and close. But um, yeah, just a mixture of emotions. It was a typical final, wasn't it? A mixture of tension, drama, great football. Two teams with two different schools of thought going into the final, which they showed. Betis obviously are going uh, on the attack, playing good football. Valencia trying to engineer their style with, yeah, trying to stop the play and 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 trying to play a, uh, yeah, a different game to us, let's say, but a game that works in, uh, for for them. And um, and it was two teams that really brought it to the table for both teams, both those and Valencia. I thought it was a terrific final for a neutral as well. Yeah, it started so well for Betis, didn't it? The early goal from Borja Iglesias, the top scorer in the Copa this season. How how impressed have you been with him uh, in the Copa and in general this season? Yeah, absolutely. I'm thoroughly delighted for him because he's gone such a di- he's gone through such a difficult spell since he's come to Betis. I think the price tag was a big factor in it and the pressure. Uh, he's worked really hard on his game physically and mentally to get to the levels that we knew that he, he was at Espanyol. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, and he's got 12 goals for the season now. He got two against Valencia. So I thought that and his hurly-burly style and it would be perfectly set up for a game against Valencia was the reason he got the nod and he showed last night. He was brilliant. Not just his great goal, a great assist from Bayerin, a great cross, bullet header, but he's all-round play as well. He was terrific holding the ball up, bringing people into play. The, the the chance that he created for, I think, was it Fakir uh, in the second half was an outstanding uh, assist as well. So he brought everything to the table and he thoroughly deserved his man of the match uh, performance. Yeah, and another guy who stood out for me, I mean, only for one kick, but Juan Miranda, I mean, his story is pretty incredible. He was at the final in 2005 as a fan. He was, I think it was five years old, watching Joaquin win the cup on the pitch that time. And then obviously... On Saturday night, he was scoring the winning penalty for Joaquin to lift the trophy again. I mean, how surprised were you to see him stepping up to take that decisive penalty and and tell us a bit about that story of Miranda and his return to Betty? It's a great footballing story. I mean, like you said, yeah, the last time we won it, he was just a child, uh, just a, a fan of the club, which he's grown up with. He's, he's not far from the city of, of Sevilla in a little town and his whole family are huge Betty supporters. He went to Barcelona as a, as a child and, and he did very well in the in the youth team there. Then he had a spell in Germany, came back to Betis uh, last season on loan and he's been brilliant. I mean, he, he last season he was the best left back. Says a lot now with Alex Moreno being our, let's say, number one left back. Miranda uh, has, has improved a lot his game. 
always a consistent player, always like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 player. And it's just a fitting story for him as well, that a, a, a boyhood uh, supporter of the club would score the winning penalty. But what a surprise to see him as the number five. I mean, I imagine Betis have been practicing during the week and they've known the, on the stats that who the players are good, who want to step up. And you just never know in a scenario. He was on the bench, wasn't expected to come on. We're surprised to see him come on. And then there he is taking that fifth penalty. So it shows a lot of bottle to take that in a pressure situation. But it must be through backed up through stats as well, because I imagine that they've gone through them and thought, well, yeah, if he's on the field, he's willing to take one. Because, I mean, at that time, we yeah, we took off Fakir, Canales, Juanmi, because it was like, who could be the five? Obviously, Joaquin's going to step up. William Jose's got a great record. But then you think, who could step up? And Milando was definitely not on the list of, of, our, of our choices, that's for sure. But... What a penalty that he took. And that moment when he just sank to his knees and the realisation. I think, obviously, apart from Joaquin scoring that winning penalty, I think it's a great story that him, a boyhood supporter of Betis, scores that penalty that takes us to the third one. Yeah, and I mean, all five of those penalty takers were substitutes that Manuel Pellegrini brought on. I mean, what did you make of how Pellegrini handled the game? Because at some point, if I was a Betis fan, I would have been a bit concerned seeing Juanmi, Canales, Fekir, Borja all going off but he yeah. handled it quite well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I mean, we always say he's got a plan. And in the end, he, he showed it once again. I mean, um, yeah, he made... He, and it's not a one-off thing. He's down the, along the season. He's made some critical substitutions. The players that have come on, changed the game, either assisted a goal, scored a goal, made a difference. And he's done it once again. I mean, we played a game against Elche uh, during the week when we played Canales, uh, Fikir and Juanmi, so it was a big surprise that them played. And you could see towards the end that those players were, yeah, feeling the effects of the final from playing that game. So it was a risk to play them during the week, but we're still theoretically going for a Champions League place. So I think it was the right call. But in terms of the players that came in, yeah, he got it spot on once again. And like you said, all of them that stepped up were, were the substitutes. All of them played the part, and that's what it's all about. It's not just the the Ante de Gala that played, that started, the, the starting eleven that was expected of the final. It's the whole team that's come together, and this is not just last night, but the whole season. Players have come off the bench, made a difference. Betis have made seven, eight, nine changes sometimes during from one match to another, but the identity, philosophy, and their hunger is still there. They still play at the, at the same level, and I think that's the critical thing with this Betis team. Yes, we've got crucial players, but it's a team that's come together and it showed it again last night. It was There was moments where, yeah, we had we had to ride our luck. Valenti had some great, great chances in that game. Um, defensively, we were porous at times and we have to recognise that, so we got away with it. But that's what you need sometimes in football. You need a bit of luck and we got that. And at crucial moments, we were, yeah, uh, at the level we've shown all season and then at penalties... It's one of them just like, yeah, you try and pick a spot, be as confident as you can and, and try and put it away, don't you? So thankfully we got the better of it. Yeah, and I mean, looking back through the whole cup run, I mean, it hasn't been easy for Betis. I mean, even I think the second round, they were 1-0 down to Talavera, coming back to win, then Valladolid, who were flying in Segunda, then Sevilla, obviously, the Grand Derby, and all the difficulties of that game being suspended halfway through, Real Sociedad, and then that last-minute winner against Raya Vallecano. I mean, it really has been a... An emotionally draining cup run, hasn't it? Totally, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned that Talavera game at the end of uh, December. That was the biggest moment for us of all the matches we've played in this cup run. That was the one that could have knocked us out because we put out a very strong team that night. I think there were eight of the normal 11 played. 
and we were struggling. We lost the first goal. We brought it back to 2-1. Then they scored again. Went to extra time at that moment. I think it was raining that night as well. So you just never know. There was always, as we've seen this season, I think the format has been better this season. It's brought out more shocks. And we could have been another one for sure. Um, we managed to get through. And then, yeah, we got through against Valladolid. But that score of 3-0 was misleading because it was a difficult game for us. And it shows because they're doing well in the Segunda. And I think they'll get promoted at the end of this season. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned Sevilla game. Yeah, I think that was the moment for us when we won that derby match that it gave us the full confidence that we can go on and do go on better than last season and, and get to the final. And I think that really set the tone perfectly for setting us up to get to uh, this final. Yeah, and I mean, what were the celebrations like last night? I mean, you touched on it earlier, but how crazy was it? Amazing, amazing. Yeah, to go to Plata Nueva and, and to see oh, at least... Uh, 1,000, 2,000 supporters there coming together. Flares were going off, um, singing, chanting, fireworks. It was like a new year. It was like a happy new year celebration and just everybody coming together and just uh, just a real sense of pride and joy and relief as well. You could see on people's faces just how much they've gone through the ringer for this match. But that's Betis. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have been us if it wasn't going to be like a 2-3-0 easy professional win. No, we had to suffer. We always suffer to go through the good moments. And I think that's the beauty of being a supporter of, of our club, that we've gone through our difficult moments. And it's sweeter when we do have a success like this. So you can imagine, yeah, so many parties going off in the city. Before the match in Alameda, a uh, big uh, area of, 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 of the city where people go and celebrate. Uh, even before the match, there were thousands of people there gathering and singing and drinking and, uh, and and with nerves as well, anticipation of the final. So, yeah, the green and white half of the city really lived the match before the match and certainly after as well. Fantastic. So, I mean, one eye on the future now. I mean, that secures your place in Europe for next season, but there's still a shot at, at top four. And then even beyond that, I mean, this is a team with, some older, experienced pros like Joaquin, Claudio Bravo, Andres Guadal, but also some young talents. I mean, how far can this Betis team go? Well, with the the victory last night, it it completely takes the pressure off what we need to do and to get into Europe. That was the aim at the start of the season, and we've done that now um, because we're still in a fight with Real Sociedad and Villarreal for that fifth spot. So if we hadn't have won last night, would have been tricky with the, obviously the losing the final and going to the final few games. Now we've won that. We know it's in the bag. We've got the Europa League place. It's just complete bonus time for us. I think all Betis supporters will be absolutely amazed uh, by the season that we've had. And if we finish in fifth, been an absolutely sensational season. But what we do now have is bonus time. We've got five matches that we're going to have to go on a run, probably win at least four of them of the five to get in, in one of those four places. But you never know. I mean, we're seeing like Barcelona losing against Elche. Atletico Madrid just getting through in games at the moment. They've got the pressure on them. They are the ones that have to be in those Champions League places. We don't. The pressure is off. So that's the the, the, the advantage we have. Most of the, the squad are foot fit, firing, hungry, successful, ready to go. So it's going to be difficult, I'll be honest. I think it'd be difficult for us to get into those top four places because of the gap that there is in a minute. But it's one of them. Hey, why not? Let's go for it. Let's be ambitious. We've just won the Copa del Rey. We've got this bonus time now where even if we don't get higher or even finish a bit lower, 
we've done what we needed to do. We've won the cup. We've got into Europe. But let's 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 be aspirational. Let's go for it and let's see if we can get into those top four places. Yeah, free hit now. Let's let's finish with talking about a couple of the, the individuals that, that really kind of made the headlines then. The engineer, of course, Manuel Pellegrini, he's made history with, with other Spanish clubs, Villarreal, Malaga, did well at Real Madrid amid a lot of criticism. But here with Betis, he's he's finally won his first domestic trophy in Spain. And it's just I think a lot of neutrals are so happy to see him do well. And of course, last season, he only got knocked out on penalties. So technically, he's unbeaten in the Copa del Rey with Betis. How, just to have a few words of reflection for, for the job he's done. He's done a terrific job. And uh, forgetting the fact that I'm a Betis support, I'm delighted for him, for, for what he's done for Spanish football, like you say. he's The recognition that he deserves for everything he's done for Spanish football with Villarreal, with Real Madrid, with Malaga, and now with us, it's fitting tribute that he finally wins. Uh, a trophy here in in Spain because he's been a great ambassador for the league. He's been a great gentleman for all the clubs he's been for, not just in Spain, but everywhere around the world. And it's fitting tribute for him that he's won this trophy. Um, He's done magnificently for this club. Let's not forget when he took over two years ago, we were 15th closer to relegation than than, uh, the top six. With a team that was good, but just needed an identity, needed to be navigated and Needed to get rid of some players that weren't at the ambitious level that we needed. And I think we've only brought in four or five players, mostly all on our free as well. So the job he's done in this pandemic uh, world that we've been in has been absolutely outstanding. I mean, um, he's, he's had to put up with a lot of pressure as well because, yeah, the Betty supporters were, were a demanding bunch. We can be at times, we recognise that. Um, but we finally, yeah, found a, a manager that's, and he's, yeah, he's used to winning. He's used to being at the top levels. I mean, I remember a press conference against, um, we won against Barcelona. And one of the first uh, questions was, great win against Barcelona camp now. What does this mean for you and Betis? And he said, well, three points more, we go to the next game. And, and that's when I realised then, I thought, whoa, he's just said this like he's playing a Sunday league team, not just we've beaten it at Barcelona camp now. That's when it clicked with me how ambitious he is. And he really just focuses on winning and he's a born winner and he's instilled that into the players, to the club, fans as well. We're buying into it. We believe more we're going to win. All comes from him as well. And I'm so glad last night he won his, he was wearing his tracksuit as well because yes. he's got a better record as a tracksuit than in in, in, in in their smart clothing. And there was no way that Betty supporters were going to allow him to wear anything else but his tracksuit last night and it came good again. But yeah, absolutely delighted for him. He thoroughly deserves it. El Chandal. Yes, of course, second second oldest coach ever to win the Copa del Rey. Um, and I think we have to end with Joaquin, um, the first player for Betis to win two Coppers, as we said, 17 years apart. What does he mean to you as a Betis fan? Obviously, Spanish football community love him as a, a kind of, you know, a joker, takes life really easily, carefree. But for a Betis fan, what does it mean? He's the embodiment of Betis. When you think of Betis, you think of Joaquin. When you think of Joaquin, you think of Betis. He's one of the 13 stripes, people say, of, of, of the club. He's just the complete ambassador, uh, role model, captain, leader, legend, whatever you want to call him, all the accolades you want to give him. Um, we just re- we can identify with him. He's one of us kind of thing. He's a, he's a, Deep down, he's a Betis supporter. He wants the best for the club, whether it be a fan, player, shareholder, future job in the club. He's just been terrific for us over two spells. And to say that the seven years 
going now, he's been playing and he's still playing at a good level. Still influential coming off the bench or playing for 60 minutes. Last night, he did well in the, in the time that he, he came on, scored a crucial penalty. It was so great to see him lift that cup. I mean, for us, the, the, the perfect man at the, for the perfect occasion to lift that cup. It's up to him. It's up to him, the decision now. I think he's waiting on, yeah, whether we won the cup or not, whether we would have finished in the Champions League. What I will say personally is, if I was him now, I would say you go into that sunset, that green and white sunset, and you have, you've got your Hollywood ending. We'd love to see you go on again for another season. I think for merit-wise, not just emotional-wise, he can do it. I think he's valid because we're in the Europe, Europa League, maybe Champions League next year. He would get games. I still think he's possible to play there. But why go on? Why go on? He's got this ending now. He's won his second Copa del Rey. He can go out on an absolute high, like Canyas did in 2005 as the captain. That would be my sentiment to him. Whether he wants to, to go with that, that's his decision, of course. But it would be the Hollywood ending for a Hollywood player. And he's just been magnificent for us. And whatever he chooses to do, we'll support him fully. Absolutely. We'll see what the future holds for him. But his place in, in Betis folklore and, and Spanish football history is, is forever cemented. Well, thank you very much, David. Enhorabuena to, to all the Betis and yourself. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much indeed. Much appreciated. So as you can see there, David is ecstatic, as are all the better co's after that triumphant, historic victory in the Copa. Well, join us after the break, because in part two, we have to reflect on the losing side, which is, of course, Valencia. So um, stay tuned and we'll hear from Paco Pollet after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ju 
tiene el Musa. Fernández, Fernández, que le dice a don Claudio. No, no se mueva. Aquí está. Toma carrera. Toma carrera Junus Musa. Junus Musa golpea con la derecha. ¡Fuera! Bien. Perdón. Quiero decir. Pobre chaval, coño. Qué pena, Aquí está. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown and our review of the Copa del Rey final. Of course, for every winner, there has to be a loser. And unfortunately, that was Valencia on this occasion. We're now joined by our very own Paco Pollitt, who is very tired, um, destroyed, he just said to us off air. Paco, Animo, how are you? Uh, yeah, I think that's the word, you know, because the the, the level of, of stress and of work hours uh, during Saturday was was very high. We had a, you know, a special show. Um, I actually think we had scheduled like uh, content since 10 a.m. till actually 2 a.m. in the morning. It was like 16 straight hours, including the six hours of the broadcast. So, yeah, it was very, very demanding. Obviously, I, I got home. I was, uh, I think I was gutted, not only about the outcome of, of the game, but uh, after watching the scenes of the players, uh, Jose Gaya crying just... Uh, uh on top of the pitch he was uh you couldn't say anything to him at that point and and the fans were were alike in in the stands they they were gutted 100 they also had to come back to to valencia i believe this weekend has been you know plenty of, of valencia fans uh jumping on the car going to sevilla and now the 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 travel back home is going to be the trip back home is going to be very very tough for them But you know, it's the way sport it, uh, has to go, and and obviously I want to congratulate Betis fans and Betis because they they were the deserved champions in that sense. Yeah, I mean we we spoke uh, in the group chat and and some some polls on Twitter, and Betis seemed to be the kind of overwhelming choice for the for the winners. Um, but in the game itself, it it was quite even, wasn't it? And Valencia were were more than worthy of the draw. Yeah, I think that. Uh, To some extent, if you go the the boxing route and start, uh, you know, awarding points for for each for each um, squad or for each team, I believe that Betis overall were better because they had the better chances. They had two uh, two shots on on the post. Uh, I think Mamardasvili was Valencia's best player overall because he he was uh, huge under the sticks. But ultimately, uh, in a game of of small little details. Actually, Valencia had the chances. They had their chances in the second half. They had the chances in their uh, in the in the extra time because I don't know. I I think that uh, maybe their accuracy wasn't as pinpoint as in other draws and in other rounds against um, Athletic Club in both games. Valencia did actually have only a few hand, uh, a handful of chances. They they didn't have that many occasions on to score but they were very accurate uh, Guedes was was crucial in in those games Hugo Duro was crucial in those games um on Saturday we only actually see Hugo Duro on one single occasion which was the goal which was by the way a, a clinical finish uh excellent a, a performance of of a showcase of quality by by Hugo Duro but Gonzalo Guedes didn't actually uh have his moment And we expected him to do some of his usual, to pull one of his tricks, you know, from outside the box, an incredible shot, an incredible run. And and ultimately, they didn't, weren't able to deliver. Whereas for 
Betis, I think that Borja Iglesias had a huge game overall. Um, and actually, I believe he wasn't that happy when Pellegrini subbed him off in the, in the last few minutes of the game, at, at least of the, of the first 90 minutes. Fekir was a headache for the, for the whole Valencia defense, the whole game. Um, and overall, they were better at the back than I expected. Because I think that both teams uh, had many problems at the back. And I expected Betis to mess up at some point. You know, the typical pass, the passing around, uh, goalkeeper, Claudio Bravo, who isn't the, the, the actual starter this season. Uh, I don't know. I expected some mistake from them and it never came. And that's why Valencia didn't have the chance to, uh, you know, get the, the second goal. And once you go down to the penalty shootout, you know, that's, you, we shall say, usually say here in Spain, it's a lottery. But it isn't. Because uh, ultimately, the, the 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 people who take the pens and also the keepers who are able to study the the big data and and, and see how um, the the opposition are going to to take the pens, I, I think it, it came down to a small little detail, which was Junus Musa being a 19-year-old kid who decided to, you know, take a step forward and, and take a pen, which was ultimately crucial for. For Valencia and Betis, you know, were 100% uh, perfect in every single shot. I, I don't know. Many there are many things to analyze from the game, but overall, I think Valencia. Yeah, they did their best. They didn't have those many chances. Betis overall might be a slight little better, but uh, whenever you get to a penalty shootout, you can say that it's fair that the that the draw uh, was the the best outcome. But someone had to win, and it were Betis. Yeah, as you say, a very, very young squad, and and Sam's got a few, few players he wants to ask you about now. Yeah, I was just going to touch on Paco in the post-match interview. Jose were the last kind of singled out that Carlos Soler chance in injury mm. time. I mean, there were a couple of chances like that. I mean, what did you make of Valencia in that respect? I mean, did you think that Carlos Soler was going to score when that chance fell to him in the ninetieth minute? Uh. I think it was the best chance in the in the in the second half, especially because if you watch the the review of of that single play, Claudio Bravo was already uh, you know lending himself, throwing himself to the other side, and and he say what with the feet, I believe. Um, but I, I think Carlos Soler's finish wasn't with the, the the power enough. It wasn't powerful enough. It was a bit, you know, as we say in Spanish, it was mordida. He didn't hit the ball properly. And that's why the, the, the finish wasn't uh, uh, successful. But yeah, I think that especially before entering the box, Valencia in that, uh, in that moment of the game had two, three quick counters where they didn't take the proper decision-making at the proper time. And uh, I believe the, the youth of the, of the squad is to blame in that sense. I think that uh, Hugo Duro, Guedes, uh, Carlos Soler, Yunus uh, Musa, Rathik, if you want, they are, Brian Hill, they are very talented in some of those cases, but the decision-making isn't as mature as in some of uh, Real Betis' players. And I think that uh, if it had happened the opposite, for example, if Betis had had those chances those breaks, like three against two, four against three, they would, would have taken the proper decision-making and uh, gotten the goal. 
And I think that was a slight difference on a squad, which is, I believe, the perfect blend of, of uh, youth and consistency and veterans as Real Betis are, who are, you know, most of them mature players who are in a, in a good moment of their, of their careers. Whereas for Valencia, it's almost always saying it's a blossoming side. But every single season we say the same because every single season it's actually the truth. You get a very large rotation of players. You know that this summer, after what happened, we are going to have, I believe, many players leaving. Others will come. Plenty of loans. Valencia have lots of players on loan. And you cannot actually build something consistent out of that. And uh, all of those different traits come down to, the, as I said, the decision-making. Uh, Valencia could have had the second goal. They didn't. And that's why they lost the game. Yeah, and I mean, you touched on it there, Paco, with the penalty shootout. I mean, the average age of Valencia's penalty shootout takers was 23. Mm. And the average age of Betis' penalty shootout takers was 32. I mean, how much do you think that experience mattered in that final few kicks of the game? I think it's, it's a massive stat. I didn't know that. And uh, once you learn that, that stat, you'll realise why one of Valencia players were going to miss. You know, because I was surprised some of the, the, the takers, Rasik, for example, he's not a specialist in, in that sense. And he did quite well. And the rest of the of the of Valencia's penalty takers were, you know, pretty consistent in that sense. But uh, yeah, it was Yunus, but it could have been another another player. And, and also you had to, I believe, Sam, you should add also the stat of the keeper. Claudio Bravo is a veteran mm -hmm. keeper. He knows his stuff like top to bottom, inside out, because he's played for every single team. He's been in the Premier League. He's, he's done everything, okay? Uh, Georgi Marmardasvili uh, has been in La Liga for literally nine months. He came last summer as a, an under 1 million euro signing, random signing, came from uh, Georgia, which is a league who has, you know, uh, a, a potential very, very inferior to what we see over here in, in the big European leagues. And he has been the breakout, one of the breakout players of the season. And I think his, his uh, performance overall was massive. But when you come down to the penalty shootouts, the experience which Claudio Bravo can bring to the table cannot be compared to the one of Amar Dasvili. None of them uh, stopped any of the pens. That wasn't the biggest difference, but it's just another additional detail on top of what you said, Sam, that Valencia's squad overall is full of potential on the mid and long term, whereas Betis's potential is right now. And that's why, you know, I think Betis ultimately had to come down to them winning the cup and not us. Yeah, and before we kind of discuss the future for this Valencia team, what has the reaction been like to Yunus Musa? Well, I, I think uh, some of the fans have been harsh on him, obviously. But, you know, we come from a tradition where Valencia lost a Champions League shootout and uh, they lost the, the trophy 20 years ago. And uh, Pellegrino was the one uh, taking the pen. And Pellegrino was an expert player, a veteran one. And he had his share of uh, stick given to him regardless. So, Yunus Musa, 19 years old, he was going to have to endure some of the criticism. But overall, most of the fans are uh, grateful for the squad. They believe 
and they expressed that Valencia gave absolutely 100% and there's nothing to uh, criticize the squad for their performance against Betis. They, they, they did their best. They, they left uh, absolutely everything they had inside of them. The, the physical demands of, of such a game were huge and, and Valencia got to the end of the 120 minutes with chances and uh, that's what fans expected from them. I think that Valencia fans, in that sense, even though uh, from the outside they tend to receive plenty of criticism and bad-mouthing because they are a very demanding fan base and they are very sometimes very harsh on some of their players on their management, on their coaches. Valencia fans possibly are one of the most fair fan bases in, in, in the world of sports. If you give to them, they give back in spades. If you lack the passion, the, uh, I don't know, the, um, uh, the drive, the, the motivation, the desire, Valencia fans are going to make you pay. That's, that's the reasoning behind this. And, and, and I think it's a fair reasoning. You must give everything to the fans in order for the fans to give you back. And in that sense, I think that the Copa del Rey final this year has been a perfect example. All of Valencia fans in La Cartuja were uh, in the players' hands. They were chanting, they were cheering, clapping back, trying to motivate them in the penalty shootout, trying to you know, at home, in the, in, the, in, the, in the radio station, in the TV shows, uh, in the streets. I think it's very fair the way Valencia fans treat their players. And that's why overall, the, the overall sense if, is of uh, gratefulness because they have done everything they could in order to, to get the, the trophy. But at the same time, as, as I said earlier, Sam, it's a 19-year-old kid from the USA. And uh, it was the first time ever he's going to face such a tense, uh, stressful situation. He didn't make the pen. That's it. No problem. He will eventually do it the next time he encounters himself in a in a situation like this one. Yeah, I, plenty of chances to do that again in the future. He he will have definitely he will have. I know we have plenty of listeners in the in the in the US, and I think he he has a such a long, pro, plentiful, um, exciting career ahead of him in Valencia or whenever he wherever he plays that uh, he must use this in order to learn. This shouldn't drag him down because someone had to miss the pen. This time, the, the football gods decided it would be him. But I don't think that anyone can, uh, you know, make fun of him or, or um, criticize him for, for, for doing so. Yeah. And speaking of the future, Paco, you, you touched on it briefly there with a few of the players. But what about... You know, Bordalas and some of the, the key experienced players, the likes of Gaia, who we saw so emotional at the end. What does the future hold for them, do you think? Well, that's a, that's a pretty long uh, uh, debate ahead of us. Uh, I don't know if today we have three hours uh, to, do, to do it and uh, to perform it. But if I have to distill it into three key points, Bordalas's future isn't that clear because he still has one more year in his contract. But this season, there have been tensions between him and the management, as it happened last season with Javi Gracia, as it happened two seasons before with Marcelino, which ultimately got him kicked out of the 
of the club because Bordalas is a winner and uh, he expects the management to be in that same level. Bordalas is a manager who doesn't um, who doesn't sanction anyone's buffoonery and uh, he cannot stand the fact that he's given his 100%. He has extracted almost the 120% of performance of this Valencia in the Copa del Rey in order to get to the final and be very close to, to winning it. And that, for example, he didn't get a central midfielder in the whole season, which was his number one request when he got here last summer. He asked for uh, Arambarri, he asked for um, a number of players who could fit that uh, number six uh, position in the pitch and the management didn't uh, deliver. So he has been uh, increasingly not demotivated, but um, we say in Spanish desengañado. He's, he's become uh, very wary of the place he is, of the president of the sports direction because he has seen that he's on his own. He's him, his staff and the squad are on their own because they cannot trust and they cannot rely on the management doing the things which are need to be done in order to become great again. So uh, I would say that Bordalas, Bordalas's future is in jeopardy. Uh, let's see what happens this summer. You also touched upon some of the big names you know, not playing European competition next season is yet another blow for Valencia's finances, which are already in a very bad position, regardless of what happened uh, on Saturday. Uh, Guedes, Gaia, Carlos Soler, those three players, you could say that it's like the, the trifecta of, of the squad. And I'm not really sure all, all three of them are going to remain in the squad. And, and that guts me, you know, that, that gets me very, very sad because uh, I cannot uh, fathom a, a future with, without one of those three players. What is going to happen with the, with the squad? Obviously, Gaia and Soler are, are more important than Guedes in the sense of belonging side of things. But Guedes has been the crucial player this season. You guys have seen Guedes this year. He has carried single-handedly Valencia in many, many games. If Guedes leaves... There's no other player who can do that. For example, more more cases of uncertainty. Brian Hill was on loan by Tottenham till next summer. Nobody knows what, what is going to happen with him. Valencia expect to, to snatch yet another extra year on loan for Brian Hill, but they will have to pay some quantity and there's no money currently over here. Hugo Duro has been on loan in Valencia this whole season. Valencia have to pay 4 million to Getafe. 4 million euros, if you watch it from a neutral perspective, is an absolute bargain. But Valencia haven't paid the quantity. Why? Because of the uncertainty, because of the lack of funds, because of the lack of investment by Pichelim, because of many, many things. So at this point in time, Hugo Duro will go back to Getafe after the season he's had. For Valencia and after becoming such an important player. Alderete is on loan from that German side, from Hertha Berlin. So there are so many players in doubt for next season. Elias Moriba will go back to the German league for sure. And I'm not really sure he will come back. That's the risk of having 20% of your squad made up of loan players. 
that you cannot plan ahead, that you cannot build towards the future, and that after receiving such a big blow as Valencia received this weekend, the, the panorama that you have in front of you is bleak, to say the least. Yeah, as you say, a very, very tough evening and an uncertain future ahead for Valencia. Well, we'll let you go there, Paco. Thanks so much for joining us on this uh, special Copper Review podcast. Um, I'm sure we'll speak to you again before the season is over. Thanks, Paco. Uh, thanks, guys. And obviously, congratulations to Real Betis and Betis fans and uh, uh, the biggest hug ever for Valencianistas and Valencia fans because it's been a rough few years and uh, I expect them the following ones to be as rough. So, abrazo a todos and uh, amunt. Amunt, indeed. Thank you to David, to Paco and to Sam for being with us today. It's been a historic night for Real Betis and all the Beticos. They've celebrated long into the night at Plaza Nueva and I'm sure that parties will continue for many, many days to come. Uh, a tough one for Valencia, as we've said and heard from Paco, but the night is with Betis and, uh, and that's how we must finish. We'll celebrate a fabulous evening of football at La Cartuja. Great to see fans back in the stadium and really passionate for the Copa del Rey final. And that's how football should be. Thanks for listening. <laughs>